Everybody, everybody, rock your body. Yeah. All right. What's going on, everybody? How is it going? Welcome to yet another episode of Not Rocket Science Podcast, episode number forty-six. Podcast where we break down digital hustle and business culture, to put it lightly. How is it going out there for you guys? Because right now, as I speak into this Blue Yeti semi-OK microphone, it is snowing still here in Brooklyn, New York, New York City. Still snowing. I just went out and uh, dropped off my laundry because I do not have a laundry machine in my building and got all kinds of soaked and i'm now doing this podcast kind of wet kind of moist af right now not the best for uh podcasting i think not ideal situation but it is what it is hopefully you guys have better weather than i do um so what is going on Today, I'm actually doing a follow-up episode talking more about Instagrammy gram 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 gram. Because um, I did an episode last week where I talked about my experience with kind of like the evil digital marketing underworld of Instagram. And I feel like I got most of it out, but I feel like I missed on some of the key points, which is like... If you don't want to hire some shady-ass agency to automate your Instagram, you know, run bot software, do follow-unfollow, get your likes up, but your engagement ratio still, eh. If you want to do a more kind of, like, ethical strategy when it comes to marketing, on your Instagram page, I didn't really think I went too deep on giving practical tips on what to do based on what I've done. Um... That being said, there is actually um, some benefit of follow-on-follow method, which is to, you know, find a bunch of people within your niche, whether it's through hashtags or whether it's through popular posts on the Explore page, whatever it is, um, following people and setting up a ratio where you follow people every X amount of days and then you unfollow the ones that don't follow you back and you rinse, wash, and repeat and then you wait a really long time and then follow some of the ones that did follow you back but don't really engage with your posts. There's this whole strategy around it. And uh, <clears throat> the general criticism, other than the fact that it's unethical, which it is, is that you're getting a bunch of followers that don't engage in your content. You're just swapping follows just for the sake of it and blah, blah, blah. And that's all true. It's 100% true. Except if you do it long enough and you get your page up to the point where you're like, you got like 20K followers, you know, 15K, 20K, 25, 
it's so much easier to rank on the explore page when you have that even if even if your engagement levels aren't very good man even if your engagement kind of sucks as long as it's decent you're still going to pop on a few posts you're going to get a lot of comments you're going to get a lot of likes if you post good content with that many followers that are at least somewhat lukewarm interested in what because it's not like you bought a bunch of fake followers they're real followers it's just they're not the ones that came to you um they were the ones that you went to them so there's kind of like three tiers of follower there's like high level follower the one everyone wants which is someone that's just a fan of your content and finds you and decides to follow you and then there's the ones that you swap follows with but are within your niche and are real people and if you post the perfect post for them they will like maybe even comment on your post and then there's the uh third category which is the fake robot that will never engage with anything you do they just like you because an algorithm told them to or follow you because an algorithm told them to um those are the three levels i guess the fourth level you can say is if you join a like for like service so there's people liking your stuff but they don't really give a shit about you or your brand or whatever um you're just liking random shit they're liking random shit and there's a third party controlling the whole exchange so that's kind of like a breakdown of all the quality levels of followers and i guess likers um but what you're really always gunning for is the one that finds you and to get that it's to rank on the explore page and if you follow and follow enough you're going to get enough lukewarm followers that like your content if it's good for you to rank on the explore page. So I don't think I explained that very well on last week's episode. Um, I think this is why a lot of social media agencies do automated follow and follow. It's not just to get your numbers up. It's to get your numbers up to the point where you can organically rank without botting and all that automated shit because you have so many followers Um you know, it just turns into a numbers game where quantity wins out. And I've done that. Like I, I've, I've, um, I have a sneaker page where I used to run follow and follow and, uh, eventually got to the point where I have 15,000 followers. Now it's up more than that. And now when, you know, I barely do put any work into that account at all. I'll just post something and that's about it. Um, I'll shout some people out who I have uh, DM convos with or whatever, but I don't really put a lot of work into that thing. And I get like, as long as I put out a post, I'll get with some regularity. I try to do it daily. You know, I'll I'll get a good amount of likes. I can, and if a post blows up, I'll get a ton of comments and I'll get thousands of likes. And that's through follow and follow. But what you got to cut the cord on that shit once you hit like 15k followers. And then you got to be organic because you're not going to have the audience warmed up. Um, you have to warm up your audience organically once you hit that number and cut the follow and follow shit out. But there is a strategy behind follow and follow. Um, it's not all bad news bears, but it's a little unethical. That's why I don't do it anymore. The one time I did it was just a social experiment. I just wanted to see if it actually worked because um, I like to experiment and play around with shit. But I don't do that anymore. And uh, I've been 100% authentic with this podcast, even though I switched my entire strategy, everything I do. Uh, Full disclosure, with this podcast Instagram account, I post out original content 
have some uh, engagement groups that I'm a part of, and I just reach out to other people and comment on their stuff. And that's it. That's the only things I do with this one. It's going to be a slow, slow, slow burn in terms of building this sucker up, but uh, I think it's going to be worth it at the end of the day. I think it's going to be pretty fun because I like the damn process you know, I like the process. I like the ride. So today, what is this show about? Why did I go off on that little rant? Today, I'm just going to help you guys out. I'm going to talk about some popular ways to grow your Instagram page organically, give my take on some of the more popular strategies out there, and uh, talk about what works for me, what doesn't work for me, etc. So the first thing I want to talk about is probably the most popular, at least, uh, in terms of visibility strategy as far as building up your Instagram. And that's what Gary Vaynerchuk made famous, his like $1.80 strategy, I think is what he calls it, which is basically, in a nutshell, a framework to organically engage on a consistent basis with people in your niche. And what the $1.80 strategy is, there's a million YouTube videos on it, it's very cute, very catchy. It's a dollar eighty because it's based on giving your two cents on Instagram posts. See what he did there? Two cents. Um, basically, you do this: you find ten relevant hashtags within your niche, find the nine biggest, most relevant posts within each hashtag, study each of the posters, um, all nine of them per hashtag engage by leaving a comment that's truthful and genuine yet contextual to the post itself the poster you know just be smart about it do your homework snoop around a bit find the dirty laundry um get all that in your head so when you post you can do something that stands out and this i think is just a social media tip in general i don't think this is like specific to Instagram or anything. Um, One thing that I do on Twitter is I follow uh, big-time players in the space that I'm trying to gain notoriety in. And keep in mind, I barely put any work into Twitter right now. I just don't have time. I really don't have time. work a full-time job. Uh, I picked Instagram as, like, the main social media platform to pay attention to. So if I have any extra time, I do some stuff on Twitter, but I am failing miserably on Twitter right now. But one thing I do do on Twitter that works is you know, I follow big-time players, media companies within the niche that I'm in, and they'll post stuff all the time trying to just fishing for engagement. They'll just ask questions on their Twitter. You know, a lot of companies do this. <clears throat> um, and this is a little different than the $1.80 homework because you're supposed to look at individual people. But, like, what I do is, let's say, X media companies, like, what's your favorite uh, Friday night cocktail? What most people do when they respond is they just click the re- reply button and send their response, and that's it. What I like to do is view all the responses so far and look at whether that company or that influencer or whoever liked anyone's post and if they do like that person's post why did they like it i try to pick apart what is interesting or unique about a post um for them to get that response back from the person asking or a company asking the initial question via tweet so for example when someone asks what's your favorite cocktail 
What you don't do is write your favorite cocktail and hit reply. What you do is you look and you realize that they're liking, you know, everybody who responds with funny gifts that involve alcohol. So what do I do is I use Giphy and post a GIF responding to the question contextually explaining what my favorite alcoholic beverage is on a Friday night. Um, I just did that last night, and I got a like back from them. And that's not going to mean much in the short term. Wow, you got one like. Congratulations. But if you keep building it and building it and building it and keep responding to influencers in a way that is, in their eyes, higher quality than the average response to the point where they're compelled to like you, it's eventually just going to build up a relationship and they're going to know who you are and they're going to, and you're going to stand out to them. And you keep doing that, you know, multiply that by X times to other brands, and there you go. You have a bunch of brands knowing exactly who you are and liking what you have to say. Boom. Same thing goes with Instagram. Study what people like, what people respond to at that influencer level, and engage in that manner. And if they're not an influencer, engage in any manner as long as you're being real, being authentic. If you leave a real authentic response to someone's post that's up there in a hashtag, but the hashtag might not be the biggest hashtag, so they're not like a super influencer, but maybe they're just a micro-influencer, then just be real. Give them a real response, and the odds are they will respond to you back in an authentic way, and they'll be happy that you gave them non-boilerplate bullshit like emojis in a row and actually had something to say. So that's my takeaway from the Gary V. $1.80 strategy. To actually do that as like a regimented routine every day where you're like, all right, the 10 most popular hashtags, this, 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 this. And then I got to find the nine top posts, this, 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 And I go through one, and then I go through the next, and then I go through the next. Like it's the fucking army. I don't think it's realistic. I don't think many people actually do the $1.80 strategy like as a checklist type of thing. But I do think a lot of people um, do the same thing that the $1.80 strategy asks you to do. They're just not... They're just not keeping track of things because then it becomes homework. And that's my problem with all these like catchy little uh, strategies where it's like do this X amount of times and this that amount of times. It's like you're eventually taking the fun out of it and it starts to feel like homework and you're just going to go through churn and burn and get sick of it and stop. So with me, I think what Gary Vaynerchuk's trying to get people to do with the dollar eighty strategy is fantastic. I think it's the right approach to uh, growing your audience on Instagram. My issue with it is when it comes to like, you have to hit this amount of numbers and that amount of numbers, it feels like a job and it gets boring real quick. Um, Whereas what I like to do is I just pick a hashtag or a group of hashtags, go leave comments as much as I can, keep going. And some days, you know, some days it's a lot. Some days it's a lot more than uh, 90, I guess, is what you would hit on the $1.80 strategy, 90 comments. I've done a lot more than that. I've done hundreds of comments a day, and I've done, you know, 20 comments a day. It varies based on my schedule. But the point is, is, like, doing that kind of activity helps. But it's going to be slow. It's going to be slow. It's not like doing that's going to be like, bam, 300 followers overnight. It doesn't work that way. It's a slow grind, and you got to be consistent, and you got to put in that motherfucking work, bitch. You hear me? Um... So that's my take on the on the Gary Vee strategy. And another strategy for engagement that I did a post about and I got a lot of good feedback on 
from people. People seem to be really appreciative of it is the hashtag laddering strategy. Um, using hashtags is important, but I think a lot of people use hashtags incorrectly on Instagram. So what I like to do with hashtag laddering, which is a strategy that's kind of been well known in the marketing Instagram marketing world, but kind of still on the underground. What that basically is, is you take hashtags, you do your hashtag research. So you have a post, right? You're going to post about your this golden retriever. Let's say you're going to post about a golden retriever. Basically, what you want to do is hashtag research on golden retriever posts that rank. Find big popular viral golden retriever posts look at what hashtags they use start building out lists everything that has to do with golden retriever from golden retriever food to hashtag just dogs hashtag puppies hashtag golden retriever puppies hashtag golden retriever puppy hashtag golden retriever puppy with the dog emoji all those things are their own individual hashtags with various uh, different quantities as far as amount of use so you just make a list that compiles all that shit, and then you create buckets. So you have your big bucket, your middle big bucket, your middle small bucket, and then your small bucket. And that's and then you throw all your hashtags and categorize those hashtags within each bucket based on popularity. So the big bucket's like a million plus, or you can do, if you have a really small account now, 500,000 plus or 300,000 plus. Point being is at least six figures as far as amount of usage um i consider seven figures though millions that's big i consider middle big anything from like 80 90k to 900k um actually no that's not right that's not right at all i'll I'll consider middle big like 900k to 200k And then uh, middle small would be 50K to about 300K, let's say. And then I consider small anything below that. A lot of people consider small, though, um, in that, like, 5,000 to roughly 100,000 range. Or maybe less, 5,000 to, like, 80,000. But to me... From people that know Instagram better than me, if you hashtag with anything less than 10,000, it's kind of a waste of time. So I consider smalls like 10,000 to um, like 50,000. That's kind of what I use as a rough. All this stuff is just rough guesstimates, and it's a lot of trial and error to kind of just figure out what works for you. But that's just a rough, rough, rough personal guideline when it comes to those buckets, that's not what, uh, you know, there's no science behind any of that. That's just how, how I do it in my own head. Um, and I think it also varies on the niche. Some niches are more popular than others, which means you can, you know, the hashtags are bigger or smaller in that niche. And sometimes it makes more sense to create more buckets for something like, I don't know, I'm trying to think like, what's the biggest, like fitness, right? Fitness is one of the biggest niches in all of instagram so that might be you might want to break fitness out as like mega huge bucket large bucket uh medium large bucket medium bucket medium small bucket small bucket extra small bucket something like that where you have like six because that is such a popular niche with so many hashtags same with like travel um 
It all depends. It all depends what you're doing. But think of hashtags as buckets and then look at your profile, how many followers you realistically have and how much engagement you realistically have and use a ratio that would make sense for your profile. So if you have like 2,000 followers, let's say, you're not that big, but you're not, you know, 100 followers. So you should use, I would say, mostly middle level hashtags something in that like 80 to 200k range get a lot of those 70 maybe eh, let's say 50 to 200k range somewhere in there that should be like the bulkier hashtags then you throw some higher than that you know 300 to a million throw a few of those in there um maybe like three or four of those one or two in the million those are just hail marys you're just fucking praying that algorithmically something happens that ranks you when it comes to million if you have a small account and you're using um hashtags with millions of uses on them you're throwing hail marys that's what you're doing you're in the fourth quarter you're down by 14 points and you're just throwing bombs and hoping that your guy comes down with the ball when it comes to uh using those types of hashtags and then use a little you know a few small hashtags a few 10k 15k um those are easier to rank you have a good shot of ranking if that post uh, does well even for you. So if you have 2,000 followers and let's say a good post does 200 likes, you get 200 likes on a post with 15K hashtag uses, you'll get on that like top page for a little while. It'll be there. People will be able to see you. So that's what hashtag laddering is in a nutshell. Um, I use it a lot. I've noticed good results from it. What I've noticed, though, is that it's small. It's not like when you put out the post, you're initially going to get that feedback right away. That's like, oh, this post is better than the other post that I did. But long term, you keep getting likes for that. You keep getting likes. They keep trickling in over and over and over again if you have a good post and you have good content. So post, post. What am I from Philly? Post, 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 motherfucker, post. I don't know. When I start talking on this thing and just waxing poetics, I start saying words differently than I do in normal conversations. I don't really get it. I'm getting that Philly accent coming through. Um, What else can you do for organic engagement? I want to keep this podcast on the short side. I'm already, I think, 21 minutes in. I don't want to go too long on this one since it's a follow-up. But we still good. We still good. Um, Another thing that I do on all my posts that people do, it's not that, you know, secretive or anything, is just um, tag influencers onto your posts because people can go to their pages, hit the tag tab, and they'll see your post on their page. Uh, So I tag a ton of influencers on my Posts for this podcast. There it is again with the Philly shit. I don't know what's going on today, guys. Posts um, for this podcast's Instagram account. Uh, And I go, I take that laddering approach and I do it for influencers too. Like I'll throw a couple big, big heavy hitters, you know, Gary V or whatever. Um, And then I'll do smaller kind of like micro influencers in the niche of like digital business hustle whatever uh people with you know 50 75,000 followers and then I'll do the majority 
accounts in the niche with like hundreds of thousands of followers, like 100K to 900K. And then I'll throw in a couple big media companies just just because, you know, Bloomberg Business or whatever. Um, you know, because they, they have eyeballs too. So that's kind of who I tag, kind of do like 10 in the niche in that 100K to 900K range. I'll tag about 10 people there. I'll do about like three or four on the micro side, and then I'll do like seven or eight tags um, of celebrities or major companies. And that's kind of my ratio that's been working for me. Maybe it's not. Maybe I might mix it up, see what works. That's just how I've been doing it recently. But, uh, yeah, tagging people is a big deal, even if they're irrelevant to the post itself. I don't think they really give a shit, particularly someone like Gary Vee. You know, this is just hustling. This is digital hustling. 101, man. And then engagement groups. Um, Just reach out to people. See if you're in an engagement group. If you leave enough comments and you, you know, yell loud enough on the platform, meaning engaging with enough people, posting enough content, etc., people are actually going to probably reach out to you to start an engagement group. They're probably not going to have a lot of followers on their pages. They're not going to be like the big mega, you know, six-figure follower accounts asking you to be in their engagement group. But get in a bunch with smaller accounts, you know, and just hustle that way it's all that's what i'm in right now i'm not in any engagement groups with any heavy hitters i'm in smaller engagement groups because i'm treating this like a marathon and i'm really trying to build this shit up slowly and figure it out so engagement groups are a big one if you're not in them reach out to people be realistic don't try to you know hit up an account with a million followers and be like can i be in your engagement group bro shit's not gonna go well unless you want to pay them but uh that's a little weird to me so that is all like the little tactics that i use right now for organic growth and then the other thing is the content strategy itself with me it's been kind of a process kind of discovering my niche because i switched my content strategy because what i was doing before just wasn't sustainable and it wasn't really true to the content of this podcast you know i was going for funny clever shit um, that I thought had a shot at going viral. But the problem is, is my I think the quality of what I was putting out was pretty good, but I wasn't posting frequently enough because I would do these Photoshop edits that would take forever. And my niche was too big. It wasn't like a super small niche. So I was just throwing it out into the ether. And uh, not I was getting okay engagement, but uh, not for the amount of time it took to make the posts. And I want to just be more authentic and have the content that I put out be more similar to what I do on this podcast. So I switched it up. I'm more kind of like of like a business niche. But I keep it silly. I keep it fun. Um, going forward, my strategies can be doing, you know, business hustle type posts, but with like a meme flair to them. You know, make that shit silly. Make it funny. At the end of the day... Instagram posts for business are is not exactly the Harvard Journal for crying out loud, so I'm not going to treat it like that. And I'm just going to have fun with it. Um that's so that's kind of my new angle. It's business niche, fun stuff, keep it funky, insert like, you know, meme kind of things. Don't use that boring ass stock vector art that a lot of business pages use. And to just have fun with it, you know what I mean? Shit's supposed to be fun, damn it. 
Um, what else? What else? What else? What? You, okay, one thing you should not do is that like for like shout out. Well, you can do shout for shout out. Don't do like for like. Like for like, it messes up how the algorithm views your account. If you're liking just random shit, you know, if you're doing like for like with lots of random ass accounts, you'll eventually see on your discover page or explore page, a bunch of random ass type of posts with stuff that you don't really care about. And if you use a like service, that's the problem with these like, like for like services, um, you're liking random crap and Instagram's going to think you like that random crap and then they can't kind of niche you down. They can't make sense of what you're into. So you're going to get all kinds of random shit, which means Instagram doesn't think that you're in this niche or that niche and it becomes confused and it becomes hard for you to grow your account because Instagram doesn't know who to distribute it to because you're not in any real defined niche. So that's the problem with like for like uh, long term when it comes to growing your account. Now, if you do shout outs, or like for like with people in your niche specifically, that's okay. But the point is with Instagram, always go vertical. Never go horizontal. Don't stretch yourself too thin. People say, don't stretch yourself too thin in life all the time. Well, on Instagram, you better not stretch yourself too thin. Everything is about niching down, niching down, niching down, niching down. And people say that in business all the time, you know, riches and niches. Blah, blah, blah. Well, in Instagram, it's like, if you want any shot at growth, any shot at being an influencer, you got to find a damn niche, unless you're a celebrity. If you're a celebrity, you can do whatever the fuck you want, because you already have an audience, and they're coming to you. But if you're nobody, dipshit with a podcast recording on a Sunday night in a snowstorm type person, you better niche down. And it's what I struggled at early on because I felt like if I niched down too much, I'd lose interest and blah, blah, blah. blah. I was just being a little wimp about it. And uh, I've overcome that. I figured out my lane. And now I am going all in, all in with this shit right now. I'm posting all the time and I'm trying to build this sucker up. So that is... Um, a breakdown of what to do and what not to do when it comes to Instagram. But at the end of the end of the day, it's all about just organic engagement, collaborating with people. Uh, if you do shout outs with people on stories or whatever, make it look like a collab. Don't make it look like you're just spamming. Like follow this random ass person. Um, the more authentic you make it seem. And more personable, the more people will like your shout outs or actually use them and let that other account gain followers. If everything just looks like an ad, no one gives a shit. The level of banner blindness with people these days is through the roof. There was a study that came out three years ago for internet banner blindness. Banner blindness means like pop up banner ads, people just not seeing them when they're looking for something on Google or whatever. I think, what was it, University of Notre Dame did a study on banner blindness, I'm pretty sure. 86% of people did not see banner ads. They couldn't recall them. Even though they were staring at them right in their face, they could not recall the banner. That is banner blindness, and that follows through with any kind of advertisement, whether it's native to a platform, whether it's a shitty banner ad, whether it's an Instagram story shout-out. It's all advertising, and people are 
uh, blind to it at the end of the day. So if you make it feel a lot more personable, more like a collab, the better off you'll be, the better off they will be. And the more, uh, the closer you'll be, start getting them brand deals that all y'all lazy motherfuckers want because you want to be influencers and you want your skinny tea for free and you want money to promote this new fucking skincare product. You know what I mean? Um, that's not why I'm not, I'm not in this game for that. I already make money, but I want to make more money on Instagram. Hell yeah, of course I do, but I'm not trying to be that lazy ass influencer. That's like on a beach with some shitty post of me, like in a swimsuit and it's like summer vibes, hashtag brought to you by fucking vitamin water. Like I don't want to be that guy at all. I don't want to sponsor products that I would actually use. Um, and at the end of the day, I, I, it's the same thing as uh, when talking about the tiers or buckets of followers, the people that find you versus the people that you reach out to to like, and then there's the fake robots. You know, I want to own my own thing and have people approach me and have me either say yes or no to something. I don't want to be whoring myself out for brand deals if this podcast ever became something because it's just not the approach you know i like the joe rogan approach he built his podcast up he was already famous but he got way more famous through the podcast and uh you know he only takes sponsors for products that he agrees with and he doesn't just whore himself out to corporate america and you know that's to me pretty inspirational and um ideally i want that's what i want to do with uh in life period and with this podcast i just want to grow it out in baby steps make it a marathon you know build it up for years and years and years and do things the right way because the shortcut does not work out long time you will be burned from it i mean people on these marketing boards that i go on all the time are getting shadow banned left and right because they're fucking proxy they're using to run their automation software wasn't configured right or xyz reason and now they're all panicking because they're you know none of their posts are doing well and blah, blah, blah. i don't want to deal with that that's a pain in the ass and it's for what to pretend that you're more popular than you are that's stupid i don't need to be popular i don't, I don't need to be popular i'm trying to grow this podcast as a business endeavor and as a hobby, I'm not trying to gain, you know, fame for it. I don't want to ever be recognized for anything I do on the street or anything like that. I look at guys like Johnny Depp, you know, that who rose to fame and that, under that old model of celebrity. And it's, to me, just, like, sad. You know, someone like Johnny Depp, it's sad these days, man. Even though he's still popular and he'll, he still can't go anywhere. It just seems like a bad way to live life but now i feel like i'm rambling a little so i'm gonna cut it i'm gonna cut it that's the show today guys if you have any questions please dm me on instagram nrs underscore show that is at nrs underscore show twitter same thing nrs underscore show you can tweet there too that's probably the best ways to reach out if you have any questions comments um i've been getting a lot of cool dms this week a lot of engagement uh, just chopping it up with people it's been a lot of fun um also though you can always email at not rocket science show at gmail.com and i will hit you back with the quickness 
And uh, that's about it. Have a good week. Hope you guys get some better weather than what we're getting here in New York. And uh, until next time. All right. Have a good one. Peace.